Okay, so fuck yes, welcome to the Hyper Duo. As always, not John Hardesty because he had a baby. So congratulations to Jonathan Yay. Hardesty. Yay! Yes. Bye, John. Bye, John. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Even though he already has a baby and has been on since he's had one. <laughs> Still. Bye, John. Yeah, yeah, but two babies. Bye, forever. <laughs> and now I can turn on Chewie so she can say hello. Hello. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> uh, we also have Emily Blake. Hi. And then special guests this week, we have Graham and Danielle Mason. Hello. Hello. You did change your last name, correct? You did on Facebook. Unofficially, in, yeah. yeah. Okay. In progress. <laughs> buffering. Yeah. Buffering. Yeah, I'm going basing off Facebook. So we've had them both on pre-marriage, actually pre-dating, and now they've started dating and gotten married, and wow. Yeah. Yay. I just what? don't feel like you need to take away your name, because you're Danielle Dutton. I mean, alliteration, Graham. You can't take alliteration away from a woman. I, yeah, How dare true. you, Graham? I, How dare right. you, you fucker? <laughs> You're taking her identity and her alliteration. It's all over no! for And now Chewie's not allowed to speak unless Brian says so. What's happening? That's Chewie's fault, and she knows why. <laughs> it's true. And I want to eat more. Yeah, no. Fine. Do I have to turn you off again? Uh, okay, we're going to do a uh, Where Have You Been Doing uh, in just a moment. But first, I want to shout out a uh, big thank you to Brad and Rod. Uh, who own our new recording location. Um, I don't want to say the last names because I didn't ask before this, so I'll just refer to them as Brad and Rod. Or Broad. Or Broad. Yeah, that works too. That's a great couple name. Yeah. Do people call them that? Because they should. Uh, They Uh, really should. They usually say Brad got a hot rod. Oh. Yeah. 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 All of this is great stuff. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But it is very nice of them. They're lending us their garage to record, which is pretty awesome. So that you guys can Uh, have a room for your baby. Yes, because our room turned into a nursery. Uh, So until the time being, this is where we record, which means nothing to anyone listening, but is very awesome for us. Yeah. Um, Might sound different acoustically if those fine-tuned listeners. There might be a dog every now and then or something. Yeah, yeah, or we're nearer to a freeway, so you might hear a little bit of... Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff might all happen now. But we're also on a really nice, quiet street on that's, the other side. That's true. So there might be none of that. Who knows? So on the left side, you won't hear yeah. that. But on the right side, you'll certainly hear some traffic. Yes. Oh, if I took that much time to do that in post. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by 5.1 Surround. Yeah. In your car. <laughs> um, okay. So we'll move into where we've been doing. I'll go first. I uh, went and saw Ready Player One. And I would say I got as much enjoyment out of it as I did the book, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. Wow. Yeah. Like it is, I walked away with the exact same feelings. And like the, the book has some amazing moments in it and the movie has some amazing moments in it. And then they both have some like, and they both nail both of those. You take hmm. out all the nostalgia and honestly, it's not much. Yeah. I did not like it. And yeah. I love the book. I listened to the audiobook with Will Wheaton reading, which is great. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I feel like you get a different read of it with Will Wheaton yeah. reading it to you. Oh, for sure. Because uh, Danielle actually lent me the book back in the day. And oh, yeah. that's how, yeah. And it was like. We still have it. Oh, wow. That's a text message. Um, but yeah, like we still, I think we still have her copy of it. We do. Um, which it's is awesome. It's in the nursery right now. Yeah. I, I assume. So maybe we'll read it. I assume we're going to do an episode about it. So. We most definitely okay. will at all some right. point. I'll, I'll save all my feelings. I have a lot of feelings. Uh, and thoughts. Yeah, it was just, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, I had higher expectations of it because I think all the reviewers said it's like the new Spielberg bar. Like it's 
That's... the best thing he's ever done in like the past decade. I'm like, uh, that's wow. Silly. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's silly. a big, that's a big statement. Yeah, I know. And it's like, well, and I like, haven't really liked any of his decade, movies in the past decade. So maybe it is, oh, but yeah, fair. is I my mean, mic back on? Yeah. You're just a little quiet. You. I'm not. You just haven't been talking because Brian didn't give Am you I the better? Head. Yeah. Okay. You're fine. Oh. I just feel so quiet. <laughs> and speak up. I'm trying to, but I don't want to have to yell the whole time. Uh, uh, oh, you're so loud right now. Uh, <laughs> nasty woman. Someone's eating carrots in my head. <laughs> I could start eating chocolate covered raisins. Please Those are a little quieter. But I'll stop talking about Ready Player One so you can go. <laughs> Are you watching Grimm? Yes. Or a Law and Order? Or <laughs> what's Chewie going to talk about this week? Grimm or Law and Order? <laughs> We're skipping Chewie and going back to Emily. <laughs> I uh, I rewatched Legion season one in preparation for season two, and it's still amazing. And I I love this show so much because I'm not usually into weird shit. And it's kind of weird, but it's weird with a purpose. Like every every unusual shot is there to make you feel a certain way. Um, so it's so carefully thought out and beautiful, and the performances are amazing. Uh, Aubrey Plaza, of course, kills it. And I just I and and watching it now that I know uh, where things end up, I'm seeing things I didn't see before, uh, and I have a new theory um, that's based on. I'm I'm absolutely convinced that. Um, it's well, a Flight of the Concord s- spinoff. What? It's a Flight of the Concord spinoff. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I I now have a theory about some of the character relationships. I don't want to spoil anything, or if I'm right, I don't want to like make anybody feel weird about the show. But uh, I'm absolutely convinced I'm right, though. Um, after watching the show a second time and going, oh, you see certain reactions from people that I didn't notice the first time around to things that, and so I, um, so I think it's definitely rewatchable, and I love it. And I haven't started season two yet because um, I wanted to finish season one again first, mm. so that could be fresh in my mind. It's such a great show. Whenever anybody asks me if uh, I may have mentioned this before, whenever anybody asks me if um, I've like working in TV and film makes me lose the magic, I I use Legion as an as one of my examples because I feel like uh, the you know just watching the way they do things is really cool, but also the fact that we have so many superhero movies and TV shows and stuff out there now that you can have a show like Legion or a movie like Logan, you know that it yeah. doesn't all have to be big budget stuff is just sort of one of the coolest things everybody's like i'm sick of superhero movies and it's like well yeah but the fact that we have so many means that the ones we have don't have to fit a particular mold anymore yeah that's really cool that's why i was really excited for new mutants but it sounds like they're just ripping that thing to shreds so it's kind of too bad uh danielle what about you i watched the spanish horror movie veronica uh, it's on Netflix. It's being heavily marketed as the scariest movie ever, which is not true. <laughs> but it's very, very good and definitely worth a watch. It's. It reminded me, we were talking about Ready Player One, and it reminded me of, a like, I feel like the kids in it, because it is it heavily relies on child acting, they get a little bit of the Spielberg treatment. And I say that uh, meaning it reminded me a lot of Poltergeist. Okay. Not the story, not the plot, not anything <laughs> besides they have some really human moments that actually work. And I feel like um, horror movies don't get that very often nowadays. It's coming back, I feel. The mm-hmm. kind of maybe slow burn, slower paced horror movies that are actually, I guess, a little more human and thoughtful. 
Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend it. Just don't go in expecting it to be the scariest movie ever in the universe. You will be disappointed. Well, if, I, I feel like that review for any movie now doesn't work if you like horror movies. Yeah, especially, I mean, as... as I didn't want to look up the plot or anything before yeah. watching the movie, but I definitely looked it up, see, like, oh, like, what's the score on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. I, I really want to know if it's worth watching. And then you see, oh, everyone's saying it's the scariest movie ever on Netflix. I'm like, please that don't tell me not. that before I watch something. It's yeah. not something that I want to hear. Yeah, it's like when everyone said that uh, It Comes at Night was so scary. I'm like, yeah. it's not even a horror film. No. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Like, it's basically a, th- like... It's a thriller. It's like a play thriller. <laughs> like, not even remotely a horror film. Yeah. But... I have high expectations for A Quiet Place. I, yeah, I was just thinking yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. What was the, the name of yours again? Veronica. Veronica. Graham, what about you? Uh, after that, we watched Ravenous. Oh. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Not really? that Ravenous. I was kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but there's another Ravenous? Yeah, so it's a new, I think the... it's Canadian zombie horror. Oh. Um, it's it's okay. Um, you should have just turned it off and turned on the other yeah. Ravenous, which is amazing. <laughs> just start screaming, so boy! <laughs> it came out, like, I think 2017 or before that. Uh, but pretty recently, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like Danielle saw it, and I was like, "Interesting," because I know we watched that. Ravenous. The good one, and I was like, "Is that a remake or like what?" So I was kind of interested, but no, it's entirely different, not related at all. You but stole a, it's the you title know. and thought that people would mistake it for the good one. Yeah, it's pretty standard zombie. It's interesting, given like a kind of a French Canadian you know slower european style to it but yeah it's got all the same stuff and that's pretty much it, it. sounds really disappointing i can't wait <laughs> yeah i just wanted to put that Brian out there so nobody else like yeah that's kind of what i expect yeah, you guys was... heard the good news that movie you recommended me that i hated but you guys really liked is getting a spin-off and a sequel right what movie What's is that, that? ponty pool <laughs> that, no that way. movie was so good, though. Yeah, it, was, it was horrible. <laughs> but I, Brian did not enjoy it. Wonderful news. Did not like that one at all, but it's getting a spinoff and a sequel. Ponty Pool. So other people Ponty liked Pool. it. Yeah, so other, I'm in the minority of that one, and that's fine. You guys can all like your shitty radio zombie movie. And well, then like maybe you'll like Ravenous. Movies. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a chance. Uh, okay, so... What? My Ravenous. Oh, yeah. I thought oh, you were just skipping yeah. you. Did, <laughs> you watch Ra- back. Did you watch the uh, other Ravenous? No. Uh, if you say Law and Order or Grimm, I'm going to flip out. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Because, well, it's true. I've just been watching... Law and Order hasn't put a new episode oh my God. on. <laughs> but uh, I've been mostly been watching Grimm and Bob's Burgers on repeat because I've been trying to stay busy now that I am not working and I'm feeling just kind of crazy. Uh, but the other thing, I've been watching more trailers, and there's three trailers that have been very interesting lately. Uh, the few trailer for Future World, which Brian's really excited about. They pulled that trailer, though, so you can't watch it they, anymore. Really? Yep. Okay. Uh, the, the response was so negative that they're like, oh, we got to rework this. <laughs> it didn't look good at all. I'll talk about it in a second. Uh, and then I'm excited for the trailer for or the movie Reboot. I showed that to Brian yesterday, and he's just like, I don't know what to think of that. Based I'll on the TV it. show? Uh, no. Ah. Oh. And then the other one is Under the Silver Lake, which is the one that I'm oh, the most yeah. excited and, like, it looks awful. It looks so uh, good. <laughs> and bad. Not. Oh, yeah, but it's so good. <laughs> uh, it's from the guy that did It Follows, which I really enjoyed yeah, It Follows. Good. 
And then I watched the trailer for Under the Silver Lake, and I'm like, oh no, he's going full uh, Southland Tales. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the guy who did Donnie Darko, where they all said he was the new voice in horror, and then he decided, you know what, instead of a horror movie, I'm going to make a surrealistic, uh, mm. absurd movie about L.A., <laughs> Like, that's not what people wanted. Nobody wanted Nobody. that. <laughs> people who live in L.A. don't want that. Yeah. People yeah. who live outside of L.A. Uh, really don't want that. The people and who are in it might watch it. Watch know. the trailer Maybe. for Under the Silver Lake. Just so you know, there is a neighborhood called Silver Lake. Um, and it's about a guy played by Andrew Garfield, who is a under-his-luck uh, loser who lives with his mom and was Aww. leering at a girl in a pool, and the girl thought that was charming. And then he falls in love with her. And then Wait, she is that mis- not charming? No. No, <laughs> and then no she wonder mi- I was single in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Just and then she, and Just then she mysteriously disappeared. And then the rest of the trailer shows him going through this weird underbelly of secret societies in Los Angeles and how they have a secret code. And he has to go through all this to find out where she went because she was truly meant for him. At some point, does somebody go, she's been dead for 15 years. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and I'm just watching this trailer going, oh no, someone really likes David Lynch and really wanted to try oh, that. No, <laughs> we should just watch The Beyond again. That'd be better. Uh, but I'll see it in the movies. Uh, Brian said he doesn't want to see it with me. No, because I actually thought it looked fun. <laughs> And you're like, it's so stupid. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but um, also, Reboot, I'm really excited for Reboot. Reboot looks like just a crazy balls-to-the-wall thing about a guy whose girlfriend got murdered. I think girlfriend or sister. Some girl in his life got murdered by some people, uh, and he was a quadriplegic, and he wants his revenge. So he gets this guy to put this computer chip in the back of his uh in his spine behind his neck and it turns out to be an AI that can give him these superpowers similar to the Matrix, you know, where he could do anything and it's all about him getting his revenge and fighting while the computer f- controls his movements. Wasn't that also kind of the plot to Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock? Kind of. Mm. <laughs> huh. uh, I like it when at the end of the trailer he, he, he pins yeah. somebody down and like, did you not know I was also a ninja? And then... <laughs> The, the computer in his head goes, I am state-of-the-art. I am not a ninja. Can, can, we, but can, can, can we just find a reason for someone to seek revenge that doesn't involve their like love of their life getting murdered? No. Can we no, find any no other reason. Other it's, reason. E- it's either the love of your life They're getting puppies. murdered or it's about you getting raped. Yeah. That's a, revenge movies, guys. Okay. There's been a dog that was murdered. That one spawned two yeah, movies. That revenge. was rad. But that yeah. was that was about the fact that the dog represented the love his, for his dead wife. wife. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, I guess John Wick sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Um, do you want to talk about the third one or should we move into today's episode? Uh, the third trailer of the future world. One. You don't want to see future world? <laughs> I mean, it looks like James Franco just had a lot of money and went, you know, I want to make a Mad Max movie with my friends. I want to make Mad Max. What one of my female friends will be in this movie? None of us. 
Milianovich. And then this blonde chick who's going to be a blonde and blue-eyed robot who's malfunctioning and suddenly finds her humanity and she's doing the sexy walk while she's destroying everyone. <laughs> like, you watch that trailer and it's like, all right, uh, you did a good job with that one take, but when you're walking between dudes that you're beating up, can you just do more, like, hip thrust to yeah. the side? Like, be bas- sexier. <laughs> Basically, we want you to, like, thrusts. we want you to dislocate your hip in yeah, every step. Yeah, can you do that? <laughs> like, sexy walk. <laughs> You're a sexy robot who's dysfunctional. Yeah, uh, the movie looks awesome. It also looks like, yeah, James Franco directed it. Like, it's like, what the fuck is this? It's totally, it looked like it, like how they tell us that our childhood films were fueled by cocaine. Like, that's the yeah. feeling I got. Yep. yep. I have about $20 million and three pounds of cocaine. Let's make a movie. Let's make a movie. Three pounds really wouldn't go that far, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> Especially not with that crowd. Not with that crowd, yeah. Oh, and... uh, If it was um, just James Franco, it might last him a couple hours. Snoop Dogg's playing is a role in it, too. He's multiple moments in the trailer. And Lucy Liu. Don't forget about her. That's pretty cool. Those are cool people. I like them. I'm sure they're all high. Well... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Snoop Dogg. No way. (laughs) He's got kids now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The guy who refuses to allow fake marijuana on his set. Yeah, that guy was definitely Yeah, we got really mad about that. (laughs) That one movie I did with him. Should we not name it? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyone who's really curious can do a little bit of like research into IMDb. They'd figure it out real fast. I think you've only worked on one thing with him. It's true. He's very tall, but he's a very nice guy. Are you chewy on IMDb? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Okay. I'm chewy everywhere. All right. Except for the government, which is changing soon. That's changing. We've yeah. paid for it. We're on we our did. way. Uh, okay. We're going to move into our movie for today, which is Shape of Water. Uh, water, 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 yeah. water, water. Uh, so this movie is came that out. The sound of water. Yeah. <laughs> That's the shape of water. Uh, this movie came out uh, last year. It won Best Picture. Everybody's really aware of it. Um, it did very well. So I don't want to want to go through the numbers. Uh, I do want to read a review today because I love doing user reviews. It's like my favorite thing ever. And this week, I was so fortunate to find a professional reviewer that was as dumb and hateful as the fans. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm excited to read this one. This one's from The Observer. Uh, It comes from Rex Reed. Uh, Here we go. The more I try to find some kind of justifiable meaning and reverence... Uh, the more I find The Shape of Water, a loopy, lunkhead load of drivel. Not as stupid and pointless as the other critically overrated piece of junk, Get Out, but determined to go down trying. I call this one Maudie Meets the Creature from the Black Lagoon, and they gave it one out of four stars. Wow. <laughs> well, he, I don't think this guy likes any sort of movie that he, doesn't, doesn't involve white men. He doesn't seem to like movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is a white man not the main character? No. A female and a fish man? Get the uh, fuck out of here. Uh, Get okay. out. I don't like movies where white people look bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> uh, okay. So that was our review for today. So clearly everyone hated it. Um, right? Yeah, that's basically my right? feelings. Yeah. Right? Uh, that tracks? What do I hate in this movie? Um, I didn't I didn't the fingers? love it as much as oh, I God. had hoped. Oh, that was so disgusting. Yeah, I don't like the fingers. It was, I, it was a very good... I'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get there because first we yeah. have to do a breakdown. Oh, yeah. Break yeah breakdown. Right. Down. We're excited for Brian to do a breakdown. Breakdown, uh, break Brian. This week coming to you from Graham Mason. Oh, uh, Graham T. Mason, <laughs> if you will. Graham, look at the camera. We don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. So here it is. The Shape of Water in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go. Uh, yeah, it's basically your uh, woman meets Creature from the Black Lagoon, falls in love with Creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, tries to 
break the creature from the Black Lagoon out of a, nope. a oh, lab. It's locked. And uh, then escape into the river. That's that's it. <laughs> they live happily ever after. So. I mean, I guess I'll I guess I'll say that's okay. <laughs> it's a love story. Yeah, sure. And he Why turns not? her into a fish. She was a fish the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Or was she a fish the whole time? Oh shit! Didn't didn't you look up her name? Doesn't it mean? Like, no, it doesn't mean fish okay. the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean fish the whole time. Wow, that's a strange name. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give a. Although I, I would give you a, a solid D for your enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Yeah, your Graham, your quality was it was there. So well, I'll, I'll give it. I a, was also kind of confused and when recording was starting. And <laughs> well, we're recording the whole time, but the, the camera the died. Camera and, yeah, the, yeah, the, the so camera. Just, I, well, the camera didn't die. The recording stopped, so the disc is too full. Ah, well, yeah, what a bummer. So, so next. Uh, week, I will three plan weeks. Better. John, three please come back. Now, we we will have a, uh, a video. Back. John's never coming back. John's lost to us. Yeah. yeah. Starting with our next week's episode, we do have a new co-host starting until John does come back. So, yeah. but that's next week's problem. I think we should talk about Shape of Water. Shape of Water. So, uh, real. I just want to do a hot take around the table. Uh, do people think this one out of the movies that were up deserved Best Picture? Was this your winner of the year? For me, it was a hard fucking yes because I wasn't a huge fan of a lot of the movies that were up. Remember this year. all the movies that were up? I would have picked Get Out. I did pick Get Out in my pool. Was Get Out up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Get Out, Shape of Water. I would have picked Both Get Out. Very sure. solid choices. No. Yeah. Wasn't Dunkirk? Dunkirk was up. Yeah. Yeah. You go more Dunkirk. Yeah. Where'd you land, Danielle? I forget who won everything. This one won Best. I, I don't really care about the Best Picture part of it. This one Best Picture. I, I probably would have said Dunkirk as well. I loved Dunkirk. it so much. I love Dunkirk and Get Out. Like, don't get me like mm. both phenomenal movies. I'm just such a Del Toro nerd that mm. when it comes to that one, like I just immediately have a bias. Yeah, for yes. me it would be a cross between Shape of Water and Dunkirk. Yeah, because I really enjoyed Get Out. There's lots of things amazing Get Out, but it didn't give me the feels like Dunkirk did and made me well I just swoon over Del Toro all the time uh, it's, no it's yeah. a bias <laughs> it's a bias you? yeah I mean that's that's the problem like for me it's like I, I rate everything as how does it compare to Del Toro it's like oh Del Toro to Del Toro he's phenomenal so and I actively try to mirror our life after Del Toro like yeah, I know it's taking a long time. Slowly, decor-wise, I'm turning our apartment into Del Toro. Yeah, the place. um, <laughs> the weird fawn makeup and the headdress you're wearing is very distracting. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a Saturday outfit for her. <laughs> like I'm st- in, while watching this movie. There's this one wall in uh, the main character's apartment that's got this beautiful blue against uh, kind of a gray back and it's just kind of rubbed on the wall like I'm sure it's supposed to look like the paint is wearing off but to me the texture is just so gorgeous I'm like okay that's gonna be a splash wall in our future house someday (laughs) (laughs) um well to really dive into this thing I I think the best place to start is with the man himself of del toro because he really kind of has like he has a real solid fan base of anything that comes out with his name attached to it. There is a good chunk of people that are going opening weekend, no matter what. Chewie and I are probably in that crowd. Yeah. And then before this movie, there was a big chunk of people that said they would never go to his movies. We've had yeah. conversations mm-hmm. with friends that said, I don't like Del Toro movies. No, mm-hmm. they all have their own like flavor to them. Like they are all like you could watch pretty much. I mean, some of them, not so much, but a lot of them you can watch back to back and they all kind of have the same. Air he's obsessed jazz. with fish. Yeah, he People. likes fish. He likes water. Yeah, he likes fish. He likes water. Oh my gosh, if he did a crossover movie with uh, James Cameron, James Cameron would be amazing. 
Yeah. And like one of his Whoa. fish people just swims the, up into the, onto the Titanic. And like, yeah. oh, <laughs> there, oh, everyone, I will save you. The amount it, of ego in that room would just be too much. There would be a lot. <laughs> there would be even more underwater masturbation. <laughs> one of the things I respect about Del Toro's, I watched, um, I watched, uh, uh, Hellboy. Fucking no, the Tom Cruise. Uh, it's got so many names. Live, die, repeat. Oh, but yeah. That's not yeah. the. That's um, just tomorrow. tomorrow. There you go. Um, and. Uh, and and then I did read, watched the commentary, and then immediately after that, I watched um, Pacific Rim with commentary, yeah. and you could not get two more opposite directors. <laughs> like Doug Liman is just like, "Hey, what if we just do this crazy shit? Okay, let's do it. Let's fucking rewrites right now. Tomorrow we'll shoot a scene that wasn't in the script at all, and fuck it, we'll do it." Um, and Del Toro's commentary is like, "So now this particular shade of blue, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's in this scene. I picked it because it represents blah blah blah. And I wanted this shade specifically. Like he act. That's not me exaggerating. That is an actual thing. He actually picked a shade of blue mm-hmm. for the yeah. cockpit. So it's just so funny to think like these two dudes both made really great movies, but like one is just absolute chaos, and Del Toro is like meticulous to a fault. Well, yeah. but that's the difference between a, a director that really cares about mise en scène and one mm-hmm. that doesn't." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not even anything against Doug Liman. I like Doug Liman yeah. movies. Like yeah. I'm yeah, the it's one, yeah, like the one he has coming out with uh, uh, Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. I'm like, fuck, that sounds awesome. I'm into that. I mean, it's a YA series, but whatever, I'll see it. Yeah. But like Del Toro, it's just like, yeah, you're going because you know every time you go, it's a whole package. Like even yeah. if you end up not liking the film, like I know Danielle didn't like uh, Crimson Peak at all, but it's still like, <laughs> uh, neither did Graham. It's still beautiful. Uh, but it's yeah, oh, just yeah. gorgeous. I should have watched it with the sound off. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the, even and the plot missing. Yeah. Hey, oh wait, no. We're not was... going. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> was... I will argue. She was gonna cut a bitch. Um, but there's something about like the way he makes his films that like it's just. It's different. It's more like like tactile. Like you can, yeah. Everything feels real. Even like in a movie like Pacific Rim, where it's ninety percent CGI, it's just got this real world building to it. Yeah, well, and you can for see me, it. And for it comes me, off it's the, the big difference yeah. between a director who just wants to make a fun movie and blow shit up, and then a director who's like, I want to make art. Mm. There's yeah. a big difference between eh. directors like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, fortunately, Del Toro isn't the kind of director who's just like, I just want to make art. He you does, know? though. It's, but he makes art that has a plot, you know, yeah. which I appreciate. Well, it's yeah. entertaining I, and palatable. Because I really yeah. hate movies that are just like, look how artsy I am for no fucking we, you, reason. No, but yeah. there, that's I what I mean. There's a difference. Half an hour. Good luck. <laughs> I'm not just Malik. saying that that's the type of director he is, but yeah. there's, there's good directors, bad directors who just want to make yeah. art. Where they just make Malik. egotistical <laughs> pieces of crap. Wow, we're really shitting on it. <laughs> I like some Malik things. Okay, uh, I like no, yeah, <laughs> uh, not at all. But Del Toro for me is someone who understands the medium better than most directors. Yeah, he had to overcome a lot of stuff. He had to overcome not being a white guy, even a, not even an American, and make it in America, making these movies, and he clearly grew up watching a certain brand of film that he wanted to reproduce in the future and no one else is making the type of movies he is there's so many i can never gush over him enough like i have the same feelings towards him that I almost have towards Zack Snyder, except he does tell better stories than Zack Snyder he's, he's does. Significantly better than Zack Snyder. I know, I know, he's got a better repertoire for t- storytelling than Zack Snyder, better. but he has the passion and the need to create an image. 
which is just I, so much yeah, better I than could, other people. Yeah, I could say that they probably have the same level of passion. It's just he knows how to articulate yeah. his I, I significantly also, better. I also yeah. think if yeah. anyone but Del Toro... other departments. Yeah. 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 I think if anyone but Del Toro had pitched this as a movie, it would have been like, what the... F-? No, fuck yeah. you. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess Splash is this movie. Well, but the, she looks human. So. Yeah, and that one's more of a comedy. Like, this one's not yeah. really played for laughs. Atmosphere-wise like, and tone-wise and everything, they're so different. So yeah. they hit but, different pl- same plot beats, but they can't, they're not the same Yeah, Can you imagine walking into a pitch meeting and being like so there's a fish and yeah. there's a deaf lady or a, a mute lady and they fall in love and they have sex and you just yeah. be like what the fuck I mean, are you talking about in not so specific words that was basically his logline pitch <laughs> to, seriously yeah. to the cinematographer and anybody else you're like and then the cinematographer was like yeah that sounds like a Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah. <laughs> i mean that's the the major thing with them then we'll start moving to the cast and whatnot that that i wanted to say is that if it was any other director, like there's something about the way he tells stories where they feel real. Because if you didn't buy into the world and the story, this movie's a joke. It's a yeah. joke of yeah. like, let's watch that naked lady bang the naked fish man, and <laughs> and that's that's your movie. Which but, is which is kind of funny. We were actually debating during the uh, sex scene. We're like that just that isn't plausible. Like. Water wouldn't hold itself yeah. in the <laughs> bathroom like that. And we're like, we're debating over whether water, but we're totally believing this fish man <laughs> god creature having but sex with a woman. That's because fish men aren't real, but water is. <laughs> <laughs> so we understand how water works. Okay, you don't know that fish men aren't real. They could yeah. be real. In we're, the Amazon. In I the mean, Amazon. I mean, I am glad to finally see a, a romantic relationship between a fish and, and a woman because for too long, it's been like fish people are not seen as romantic leads. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's about time. Yeah. So. I mean, they needed the representation. There's an entire yeah. genre in Asia All right. that and I think you're not <laughs> Dunkirk was great. So Sally Hawkins in this movie. Uh, I'm only half joking. Sally Hawkins in this movie is fucking great. Brian loves incredible. her. I really do love Sally Hawkins. Like I, I can't think of a movie that she's been in that I didn't at least enjoy her in. If I ever met Sally Hawkins at a party before you, honey, I would have to go up to her and be like, just so you know. You don't know me or my husband, but you might get a bear hug later. Yeah. <laughs> like, just just let it happen. He means uh. well. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't think I would do that, but I mean, at least you would want to hug her. Oh, yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> there was. Did you see the James Corden thing she did? No. She was on James Corden and he and she was on a Tinder date. And like he showed up as a fish person, <laughs> and he was just like he was like uh, she was like you know I'm into it, and, was hanging, and then at the end of the date I think she ate her burger with a knife and fork, and he just goes whoa whoa no not that's okay that's me yeah. with people in pizza yeah. <laughs> what are you doing yeah stop it <laughs> um but there, there's a much like I was saying about Del Toro with Sally Hawkins in this movie is it, it's another thing of like this is such a ludicrous role for any actor to take the fact that she took it and like really went in hook line and sinker no pun intended uh (laughs) but it was like it's important it's the same thing that you were mentioning earlier where it's like if you didn't buy that she loved doug jones like you wouldn't the movie doesn't work like you need to buy the relationship that's actually the biggest problem i have with this movie is i never i never bought it i bought it immediately Mm. i just felt like she gave him some eggs and let him listen to music. I get. I guess I get why he's into her. I never really... She says, oh, he sees me. It's like, how do you know that? Because, I mean, he's just like really appreciative that you're not treating him like dirt. How do you know he loves you? I, I just didn't... I didn't... It didn't feel like it was earned to me. I mean, there uh, might be some Stockholm Syndrome on his side. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't I can see the love. Mm. Just cuz yeah, he she brings him food and stuff, but she's also the only positive interaction he mm. has in the scenario. And for her it's someone who's happy to see her every day that doesn't view, like what she says doesn't view her as lesser than in any sense which you get the sensation of other people viewing her as lesser than all the time. Mm. The people that don't talk to her, they only talk to Octavia. Mm. And that other girl that just calls her dummy the whole movie. And I'm like, she's a bitch. Well, yeah. The, the thing is, the whole movie, she, with the exception of Richard Jenkins, who's also in his own personal hell, like there's nobody who looks at her as a human. They look at her as disabled and yeah. And not, the help. Yeah, and the help. So then she meets... Fishman, who's basically just like, oh, no, this is the greatest person I've ever known. And, like, immediately never even thinks about her as somebody who would be less than. So I'm not sure if maybe they spend a year in the water together and, like, ooh, this isn't really working out. Or maybe out, he, but... gets her back, he gets her back home and his sister's like, what the fuck is this human bitch doing yeah. here? I'm just... Like, Did you I... give another human gills? What the fuck? Stop <laughs> it. I really hope he Species changes is. her entire biology because she's going to get real cold. Yeah, oh, real cold good, and real pruny. Really yeah. And she also was like going to be able to swim like but super slow. Yeah, they'll yeah. yeah, work it out. But wait, was she a fish person the whole time? No. Because that's what I thought, because she had the gills that he opened up. But they those say were that she, supposed to be a childhood injury. Yeah, she had a childhood but injury she, that made she her She washed mute. up on the shore of a river, or she was found there when she was a baby. A baby, and already had those three things on either side. And it doesn't show him being able to... I guess perform miracles. What it shows is him being able to fix it. Heal. Yeah. yeah. So I he, think any bald man them. in America would yell, um no, getting hair back <laughs> is a miracle. Different brand of miracle. <laughs> but it would he also explain because that's one thing, um, the timing of everything, it all seems to take place in about a week. And that's yeah. very fast to it's, go from meeting this fishman, feeding him an egg. It, yeah, this is a month. But with the Russians like on the rewatch, I was like, "Oh, there! This is happening tomorrow. This happens tomorrow." And even on the, the calendar, the, is she looking that far ahead? I didn't catch exactly the date on the calendar at the beginning of the movie, but I know that the in the actual but study the thing. Are it? you talking about the within the her taking him? That could be a week. From him, yeah. from her Maybe. Yeah, first check. coming in contact and actually giving him the egg, I feel like that's a week, possibly mm-hmm. two. I mean, Pretty Woman took place over a week. It might and feel that way, it. but I know yeah. it's not supposed to be. But wait, what about not the whole movie, but the point where she meets him to the time they have sex? I feel like that's a week. And that's very, very short amount of time. They didn't bond that much unless she was a fish person the whole time. And then they really do understand each other and have that immediate bond and see something in each other. I feel like that's interesting. She says he sees me for what I really am. Mm. And I feel like there are a lot of clues in there. And her, you, when you talk about his use of color, her apartment is totally blue and green. It's mostly green. And they have the art deco waves all around her and the scales on the wall. Even her bathtub has a little sponge that looks like a little like I oh don't the, know, the sea detail they put into her I feel like living it's all space hints is amazing. That she's a fish person because you go into her neighbor's house and it's not just the apartment style. He's got red and maroon all around him. A lot of auburns and golds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel all everything you're saying, 
But whether or not that equates her to actually being a sea person, I don't know. Fish person, I please. do. I yeah. do. Um, whatever. <laughs> don't be rude. River person. Entirely different. <laughs> That's why we go with fish person. It's all inclusive. Amazon ocean? <laughs> the, the first uh, thing I get for calendar on um, line is says September Tuesday the 18th. So I don't know if that one's the first time we look at the calendar or whatnot, because she's supposed to let him go in November, I think. Mm. But that, that is a good, I think October, October I think it's to October November. Time. So it's probably at least open. two months. I think it was the tenth of some month. O- October. But that goes like that. That, that I think like is a thing because like really Romeo and Juliet takes place over beginning. what like three days. Yeah. And you totally buy it. Yeah. They're you're like, oh my god, they're so in love, and then when you realize it's only been three days, you're like, oh my god, they're so stupid. <laughs> um, and then like yeah Pretty Woman takes place over a week Pretty Woman is problematic but it's still like you buy the relationship and then of course um, One Fine Day right right nobody Oh, George Clooney yeah right? no I saw that <laughs> I always remember the part where she pulls out a kid's t-shirt out of her yeah. purse and puts it on and I I'm like fuck remember. you <laughs> what is One Fine Day it's a wonderful movie. The whole love story takes place over it. one fine day, though. Because they accidentally yeah. swap cell phones, and then they have to get them back, and then they both have like kids. They're single parents, yeah. and then she has a purse that's filled with like eight million things, including a peanut butter jelly like sandwich exactly and a, ch- like- a child's t-shirt that she puts on and wears to work. <laughs> sounds like the exact type of movie I would never watch. Where does she work? A child's t-shirt <laughs> factory. Factory. <laughs> She's like a I don't know, fucking lawyer or something. I I don't gonna, it's like that, a woman in a nineties movie. She works at like an architecture firm. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or advertising. Yeah, it's yeah. I do have one friend that tells me she still has clothes from the fifth grade that fit her. Oh, I, I hate would. her. Yeah. yeah, fuck her. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I really want to jump on that back one, but I did. Uh, all right, let's move into Richard Jenkins. Jenkins, awesome. Jenkins. He's amazing. Like he makes this was me the... cry. Oh yeah, my God. that yeah. scene in the with the pie. That's was so, so sad. sad. <laughs> It, that's not the part that makes me cry. Oh. It's after that when he goes to uh, Sally and says, I realize now that you're the only thing in my life, so I'll do whatever you want me oh. to. And I'm so... <laughs> Especially on the second rewatch because I know she's going away. I, when we watched that one again, I had like I, I flipped out over that scene. I think it's the strongest scene for his performance throughout the whole movie, and he's near flawless the whole way through. But that one scene... Because it's he just got shot down by a guy that was flirting with him. Whether or not he mm-hmm. knew he was flirting with him, he definitely was. Yeah. Came around the side of the counter, sat next to him, would just chat about the terrible pie he kept shoving down his throat. Um, so when he finally like, oh, I finally have someone I can connect with, got so harshly rejected. Yeah. You can see when he's standing at the door, it's like you can tell 30 seconds before this or a minute before this, he was standing outside that door practicing getting that out without crying and like you can just see that character just saying it over and over and over and when he says it to sally hawkins character he breaks in like the last like three words like he just like it's a word vomit like just get it out get it out get it out and he just is trying it's like just not quite there and it's just heartbreaking to watch but it's so good i kept thinking about my roommate's by and um we were at Comic-Con this year and he saw this guy and he was just like, oh my God, he's so super cute. And we were in a line so we kept snaking past him and we kept yeah. seeing him. And he was like, oh, there goes that guy again. Like, <laughs> um, Male gay. And, <laughs> and I was just like, why don't you just start talking to him? And he just, he stopped. And I was like, that's, I mean, it's not that hard. I do it all the time. And he's like, let me stop you for a second. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. interested in men and if he's not, he might get super pissed. What's the worst thing that happens if you hit on a guy? Yeah. Like if they're gay, they'll be like, honey, I'm gay. But yeah. if if I hit on a guy and they're not gay, they might 
beat the shit out of me. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah. that's something I just don't consider. Yeah. Like, that's privilege. I just never thought about it that way. And I thought about that a lot during the scene, like watching this man take such a huge risk because he'd been given all these signs and then yeah. like being hurt like that it must be really, really lonely. Oh, it must yeah. have been so lonely yeah. to be gay in an era where, I mean, it's still hard, but like... It must just be constantly lonely if you're you either just embrace it and you're flamboyant and you don't give a shit or you're alone all the time. Yeah. And it's one of those things if it's hard now, imagine what it was like then. We were talking about the when this movie takes place. And from what I was able to decipher, it's probably 1962 uh, because they have the Southern riots on the television at one point and then they have the speech from Kennedy. So he's still alive. Mm. Yeah. Uh, So in 1962, this is pre Stonewall riots. This is pre most of. The revolution of the 60s. So, yeah, being gay at the time, you could get murdered for just about anything. Yeah. Yeah. It really sucks. About, but yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it, it's... The thing is, like, when we were sitting there talking about it, like, I, I don't know... Do you guys think the waiter was gay and just hated himself for it? Probably? I don't know. Again, yeah. I, there's not enough information for me to determine that. No, I agree. But like, just based on like the way he was with them, I, I agree with Emily. I, I actually think he probably was gay and just is... I mean, it makes sense. He was flirting with him, and he thought it would never come to anything. He thought he could just flirt and never have to deal with what came next. And when what came next was the sudden realization that, oh, shit, this guy thinks I'm gay. Oh, I can't be gay because then everything's bad. He doesn't want to be lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, it doesn't matter to the story. What mattered to the story was that he shot down Richard Jenkins' character. But I think... And then it was terribly racist. And then it was terribly racist the exact moment. He went into full, like... I'm accepting and I'm a nice person and do full the other way as like hard as he could. Yeah, that's and it's right. Like, and I just like I see that sort of reaction and it's like, oh, you're that that's he's probably just trying to cover up, and like that doesn't make it okay by any means. But no. it's like I'm trying to think of like from like a director's standpoint, like would Guillermo del Toro tell him you're a gay man who hates that he's gay or you're just a really nice waiter who gave too many false signals. Or you're a terrible person. Or you're such a yeah. terrible person. I was kind of thinking at least he lucked out on not dating this asshole racist guy. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think he's just a, a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> just terrible I mean, person who's good at his job. he talks about how he has yeah. to play up and even do a fake accent. That's there, There's certain things that are expected of them being a franchise. Yeah. And I don't know. It seems like that's maybe around the first time when mom and pop shops stop started going Strongly, away yeah. franchises started becoming popular and so you get this um i guess act that you have to do oh yeah it's kind of i mean we both worked at starbucks yeah. we know how that is i wasn't where, very good at it but yes <laughs> <laughs> it's a facade where, yeah, yeah it's it's an act that he had to play and i i didn't get that he was gay at all i felt that it was more something he was enjoying his job i guess yeah. being an actor <laughs> yeah. in yeah. a teeny franchise of a pie shop but that's it that's an interesting theory though i mean it's it's possible to go either way and like i said it ultimately doesn't matter i just i try to think about it like from like that actor's point of view or from the director's point of view like, yeah what would influence that stuff and uh, to more from his character to go beyond the sexuality aspects of him uh just his career choice because this movie constantly references the future what the yeah. everyone thinks the future is going to be what they want it to be do they want to be a part of the future or do they want to be part of the past mm. and sally and um richard both kind of they're stuck in the past in a way yeah because they love the old tv shows and old movies and jenkins is an old time illustrator which yeah in the 60s was starting to get phased out yeah. and we 
see him getting prepared for it. He is always like, oh, I think this is my best work. Like, he's always very excited. Mm -hmm. He's very go-getter about his work. He's very confident. But then even you're talking about that one shot you that you loved, Brian. Where it's also my quote, but yes. Oh. No, well, go ahead and talk was, about it. No, it's, it's a good, it's organically on, came up. On the, um, the illustration he makes for the Jello, the top of it says, the future is here. Hmm. And then you get the divide between the person holding that in front of him uh, in the shot where he's getting denied his job and then you realize the future is here in front of you you're behind it yeah. you're no longer the future and that just adds to his loneliness yeah it, it sucks because he did sorry go ahead i was just gonna say and he's gonna be super lonely now because his only yeah. friend has gone off to be <laughs> yeah. a fish person yeah. I, I like to think that he becomes really good friends with octavia afterwards yeah <laughs> oh yeah. yeah he's got a, a bit of an olive Brewster sucks yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was just trying to do his best, but uh, Brewster. Yeah. What was Brewster's best? He was trying to protect what he could. No, he's, he's trying just, to get this no. dangerous, crazy white guy out of his house. <laughs> <laughs> he just ripped his fingers off sure. in his living room. Like, oh, oh, I would so want gross. to get whatever I could do to get that guy out of the apartment. Is what I Because that would that would be an argument. You're not gonna beat him. Yeah. You're not gonna beat, especially a black guy in the '60s doing what to a white guy. Mm. Absolutely yeah, yeah. not. Yeah, you lose. There's nothing you could do. You're gonna get. You're gonna mur- You're gonna get murdered either yeah. by the police or by that guy. There's nothing that you can do. Which state yeah. are they in? They're not in New York. It, they're in Baltimore. They're in Baltimore. Yeah. Maryland. Okay. Yeah, doesn't it doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't matter what state you're in. I know. Yeah. But in <laughs> didn't get really shot. try like at all, though. It was sort of like he was already like, "Fuck it." I there was care. an She's... angry white man that he in let his her apartment. deal with. We're hearing all about him throughout the movie, and he doesn't seem and like no, the best. Correct. No, yeah. correct. no, I mean the truth but is, she dealt actual... with the white guy. Yeah. He did not. <laughs> so, and she's also got you know this worry about the same shit he does. So, should we move into Octavia then? Uh, sure. Did you want to move? I was going to move into Michael Shannon because we were kind of already talking about the guy who ripped his fingers off. Oh my god, the necrotic <laughs> fingers. I was oh so barfy. That is such a visual representation <laughs> of his ego. Ugh. It's so gross. It's so gross, but it is so on point with his ego. It is. He's still trying to keep them and they're exactly. black. That's like, exactly what he's trying to do. complaining about the smell. Yeah. Like, do you smell that, Just right? That's lose your fingers. the fingers, man. <laughs> but it, they're gone. is the point. <laughs> yeah. Because the whole, yeah. the movie starts with him coming in with his bravado of I am the man of the future. I only flush once. Uh, I only oh. flush once. Wash, wash, I wash, wash my hands, hands beforehand. I don't wash them after. That's some character. And he's always talking Ew. about his character with the candy and his character is strong. Wrong. He talks about how loyal he is. He talks about how he delivers and all this. And as the movie progresses, he goes from a confident man with the nuclear family that everything that a man coming out of the 50s was expected to be and have. And you're going into the 60s now. And he keeps talking about how he's a man of the future. And then mm-hmm. and that's also how the guy sells him his car, which is an amazing salesman. And his family is the family and the poster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Giles has been painting and then time. as oh, the movie yeah. progresses... He loses more and more. So his fingers get cut off by the monster. Fishman, please. Fishman. Amphibian <laughs> man. Chewy. Jesus She dropped a hard M on this show. <laughs> I can't true. believe it. I'm trying to keep a train of thought, guys. <laughs> this is why nobody like wants to hire movie? fish people as romantic leads, Chewy. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So the amphibian man, because that's what it's called on IMDb. Fishman. It's Come amphibian on. man on IMDb, guys. 
If we're going to be correct, we're going to be correct. I mean, that All may right. be their technical term, but they prefer fish people. Yeah, jeez. Oh. <laughs> uh, Listen to the fish he people. He bites off his fingers. That's what they want And to from be the, the moment he bite, he loses his fingers, his ego goes down. Because he's, he's screwing up. He's pressuring the other doctor into just killing the thing, vivisecting him. Uh, and he's getting the pressure from his old boss in the military. He's just like, you need to get this done, son. Do it for me. And then, so then he gets taken. So he loses the monster. He can't, sorry, he loses Amphibian Man. <sighs> you guys shut up. Uh, and then losing listeners can't by the get second. him back. <laughs> oh. and then, We're going to get just blown up on the fish people forums. <laughs> on Fishbook? <laughs> oh. <laughs> And so when he's confronting Octavia in her house is really when he's at the very end of his rope and then he rips his fingers off. Yeah. And that's symbolizing his end, essentially. And I'm pretty sure whether or not he ripped his fingers off, I'm pretty sure his entire body was going septic because of them. Mm -hmm. So he was going to die no matter what. I I do wonder if he was going like legitimately insane at the end, like was like the rotting fingers like. Yeah, that, because nothing if you have was rotty, going out for him. You have he, rotten fingers. Can that make you crazy? Is that a thing? If your body's going septic, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. you're you're that's the most unhealthy you can ever be. He was also taking a whole lot of medication. He was oh, taking yeah. a whole he lot was, of medication, and he's dealing with the Russians. He the speech he gets from his uh, boss cool. about how you are nothing uh, after if you don't if you don't come through with this i don't care about your 13 years of loyalty it is means nothing to me i will throw you into the dirt and then yeah it sucked because his car gets destroyed he i just ugh, i've lost my train of thought guys yeah I, and, but you i think you got most of it out but no you're, you're totally right like it, it does suck to be him but he also creates his own problems like left and right but he doesn't realize the most yeah. maddening thing is when he's talking to his boss. Is it a general? He is like, a general, yeah. He's trying to explain. He does a whole speech about how he's a decent man. <laughs> and that's the worst kind of bad person is the one that thinks that they're doing the right yeah. thing. Yeah. And it seems that he doesn't understand why everything's going wrong. He does, doesn't understand why people hate him. He was doing everything that he felt like society, essentially, was expecting yeah. of him at he's that time. He's a man of the 50s. That's, yeah. that's that what you do. Into the 60s. You're a man yeah. and you prove yourself. It's, it's, and it goes and, along with what you said about living in the past. It's sort of yeah. like he's still trying the, to live. Going this. into the 60s, the definition of man definitely changed. Yeah. 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 And that scene, actually, when he's trying to convince his general of like, listen, like I've, I've been good up until this point, right? But I, you know, a man fails once and, you know, isn't that like, okay? Like he's kind of transitioning down of like. He's kind of, he's begging. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I mean, aren't I good now? Like, can I just like retire or like just move on from this? Like I failed once. Like I did a really good job. And then the general's like, no, you're not, you failed once. Yeah. You're nothing. And you're then that left kind behind. of, that throws him back into the past of like, no, you gotta be, you, I'm sorry that you suck. Um, and if you continue to fail, you will be destroyed. I mean, his the general's uh, conversation was basically bordering on a threat of you will be destroyed, yeah, and murdered, and socially, that's it. You're 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 done. That's really, and that's so really he good. has to go back even further back onto his word of like, all right, man up ten times. That's really I interesting. I am Samson. Yeah, because we we have. 
each each man in the story is like a different version of what it means to be a man. Like masculinity yeah. is is sort of they're all finding their own definition, and he's sticking to this traditional. This is what a man is. And Richard Jenkins' character is like you know trying trying to be like I'm a man too, just because I like dudes does not mean I'm not a man. And then you know you have a fish man um, being fishy and the Russian. Yeah. And the and the Russian and the it's Russian, sort of like just trying to be an intellectual. Yeah, which makes sense because the sixties, you're right, was a time when we started to go from like super masculine, like these this really strict definition of what it means to be a man into the sixties where it became more fluid and then you get somebody like David Bowie and you're like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and and I, I think that this is there is sort of an undercurrent of what does it mean to be a man because he's so I'm a man, and Richard Jenkins is... Yeah, I already said that. Anyway, yeah. I'm not going to repeat it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really sad, because in... Sh- Shannon's character is a little bit sympathetic, because he tried to be part of the future, and then once you got down to it, when he had to get the get the job done, he goes full brute violence, yeah. which is the very past of a man. You can't get more past than that, where there's no other recourse. You just have to start killing things. Which yeah. is his own doom. Yeah. And he, yeah. he brings that on he himself. Can't, yeah, I he mean, can't recover the, from it. Don't I, don't kill really a have, I couldn't have any sympathy for him. Even when he's getting the smackdown from Hoy, I was like, I think I'm supposed to start to feel bad a little or see where he's coming from, but I can't. I don't feel it's, bad. I, I was no, no, I just yeah. sympathy. So because there's a, there's a difference between feeling bad for somebody moment. and having some sympathy for their situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can feel bad that you put yourself in the situation. It sucks what's coming to you. Yeah, like you still you deserve, deserve this. Yeah, but, but you did this to yourself. Like that, it's the, it's the you made the bed. You have to lie in it. You now. didn't understand there was other options. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, we have two more people we need to talk about before we start rounding the drain on this one. Uh, I'm gonna keep with the water puns. Um, we got to talk about Octavia and we got to talk about the Russian guy. Uh, Stalberg. You actually said no pun intended earlier, and I'm thinking that was a lie. Yeah, it was was definitely a lie. I intend 90% of my puns. I just like saying no pun intended in case people miss the pun. Um, (laughs) Just say pun intended, and don't be a liar. No, I'd rather be a liar. No pun intended. There's no pun there. Uh, Oh, God. But the fish book one was my best pun of the day. That's a good one. Uh, thank you. Uh, so Michael Stolberg or Stolbarg, I don't remember how to pronounce his name. I've heard it pronounced. Stolberg. Stolberg. The man who had a very good year. He did have a very good year. I'll tell my personal story of him really quick because I find it hilarious. When I worked at AMC is when A Serious Man came out, which is the movie that propelled him to popularity and pretty much every job he's ever had since then i hadn't seen the poster for the movie i hadn't seen anything of it and because i was it's coen brothers and when coen brothers movies come out i try to like go media blackout so i could see the movies fresh because i love coen brothers uh so i knew nothing about this movie and he was standing outside a theater waiting to go in for the premiere and i'm like oh did you work in the movie he's like oh yeah yeah i worked on it <laughs> and i had a very like eh, two to three minute conversation with him I'm like oh what are the coen brothers like it's like oh they're cool <laughs> Totally not knowing who he was. And then after he went into the theater, one of my coworkers came like, how was he? Was he cool? I'm like, who? Who? <laughs> like, they just pointed at the poster, which I was standing next to. The guy you were talking to. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> one of my better moments. That's awesome. Um, he probably really enjoyed that, too. Yeah. This, this, yeah. this doofus doesn't know who I am. Yeah. Which is probably refreshing. I yeah, have probably anonymity. one of the last conversations you ever had like that. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> I hope he remembers me, but I again, like always with these things, I assume he doesn't. Oh, Brian. Every morning. Yeah. <laughs> he just wakes up and goes, I remember that guy. <laughs> but that guy, seriously, he was in uh, Shape of Water, obviously. He was Call Me By Your Name, and he was in The Post. Yeah, Jesus, he, really? Yeah, he had a, Three movies that are up for Best Picture. Holy shit. Yeah, Cast that guy. Yeah, he had a good year. 
And he was, I didn't see a post yet, but the two that I saw him in, he was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy his character in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I like the whole, like, you can, the fact that he's a Russian spy, like, it, it almost immediately, was like, yeah, that makes sense. But, like, they don't do it in a way, especially this day and age, where they could really lean into the, the Russian is the bad guy. And, like, yeah. I kind of expected them to take that turn at some point as soon as the Russians were there. Because they do still have, like, the Russians are the bad guys. They want to steal our information. But this guy is a good guy. He is helping everyone. And I feel like a movie made today, it's so easy to go back to the Cold War, like, way of thinking of, like, just make the Russians the bad guy. You know, James Bond will come and shoot them all and whatever. <laughs> um, and this one actually didn't. And it made one of them the hero. Like, he was the guy making sure that Doug Jones survived. And I thought that was really cool. And, and I he, thought he was great. He yeah. risked, he lost his life for it. Like, he yeah. risked everything. And it was so, another moment which just got to me, like, tearjerker-wise in my heart, is when Octavia says, you're a good man, doctor. And he just looks at her. Because he probably is, like feels like he's not a good man because he is a spy. He's yeah. betraying his country. He's betraying so many things. And then she just said, looks at him and says, you're a good man. She's so genuine. And he goes... My name is Dimitri. Nice mm. to meet you. And yeah. it's just like, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> like he was, this is the one moment of like genuine interaction you're having that isn't overshadowed by a sense of danger. Yeah, <laughs> he had two moments this year in two different movies that like got legit like almost tears out of me. And it was that one, then the yeah. moment "Call Me by Your Name" that I don't want to spoil for people because we're not talking about that movie. But that also speaks to her character, who like yeah. makes everyone feel even the bad guy like trusts her, and it's yeah. sort of like, oh no, she totally said thank you when she said fuck you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Octavia is a great character because she truly like has she feels like she's on equal ground with everybody and she will treat you like that and it's whether or not you appreciate her character for that or not yeah but I I, again just like with uh, Michael I I think she was phenomenal in this movie like she Mm -hmm. Um, because she she took a role that would be in again in a different filmmaker easily hands. just a side character, a side character or comedic sidekick. Like yeah. that's like where her role is usually relegated. And like with with Del Toro and with Octavia Spencer, you get a legit, fully dimensional character. Lines that could have been read for comedy were instead read as if like, I get you. Like, yeah, she yeah. understands people. She's jaded and mm. but like sees the humor in it, but not to a point where you're like, ha ha ha. You know, it's more like a. Like a, a disappointed, you know, every, even, everyone is such an asshole. Even the part with uh, them in the elevator when they're coming back to work after they've gotten Fibian Man out. Uh, and she's staring at Sally and she's like, that's good. That's good. Just yeah, just, just look like you up. don't know anything. <laughs> and oh, it's going to be hard for me. I'm, I'm not a good liar. And just there's humor, but mm. sincerity in that. Yeah. That's multi-leveled. That also makes you really scared for her at the same time. Yeah. And there's moments like that when I, I watch a scene like that and I'm like, I'll never be as good a director as Del Toro because I couldn't resist the joke of having one of the people standing behind them going, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear about that fish man thing that yeah. you told me last night? Yeah. yeah. Which one of you doesn't know anything again? <laughs> and, and to talk about the level of detail in Del Toro's production design with his production designer and set decorator yeah. and how I'm assuming all three of them work together constantly. Yeah. Uh, God, yeah, you must have a the, great relationship with them. Uh, the yeah. next scene when they're punching in and you're behind the other side of the glass with uh, Michael Shannon and uh, the actor from Stargate, uh, Fleming, uh, with the, there's a sign above the punch-in clock that has an X on it. So when they're talking about who <laughs> stole the fish, the amphibian man, 
And they're like, I don't know. I think it must have been a, a team of like 10 men. And behind them is them punching in. And there's mm-hmm. an X above the time <laughs> clock going, X marks the spot. They're right there. And they look <laughs> so shady, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's such a it's great so moment. Yeah. It's so easy to not notice that sign. But the moment I did, I'm like, that's funny. Like someone went, okay, guys, I got a good idea. <laughs> Oh, I, 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 you've mentioned it now. I've watched the movie three times. I still forget to look for that moment every yeah. time. Um, all right, the last person we have to talk about before we do quotes, uh, we got to talk about Doug Jones. Can't do the whole movie. Who is he? Uh, he's the fish man or amphibian man. We didn't really talk about there, Michael Shannon yet. He's also playing Saru on Star Trek Discovery right yeah. now. I, he is like the go-to. Like You want to put a guy in a rubber suit? He's your guy. Uh, he's super tall and Especially skinny. in a Del Toro movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, even more so in a Del Toro <laughs> movie. Especially if you want him to be a fish. Yeah, uh, but he's also like if you ever listen to interviewed in fucking any show, but he's that isn't to be ours. The nicest man. He he is just wonderful. Like I listen to him. Like Chris Hardwick did an interview with him on the Nerdist, and it's just like you just listen to this guy talk, and he's just like, I'm just happy to work, and he's like, you know, I'll work with anybody. I just enjoy what I do, and it's just like you that's look at awesome. his IMDb, it's insane. Yeah. I have a I have yeah. a pair of friends who met him at a convention, and he just like ended up hanging out and getting. Uh, did he get drunk with them? I don't remember, but yeah, like he's they they have photos on their Facebook of him just hanging out with them because he thought they were cool. And yeah. he was just like, "Yeah, let's hang out." And they're like, now they like chat with him and stuff on a regular basis. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like you you look at say Andy Serkis, who's been basically revolutionizing the whole like mocap performance, and he's amazing at it. And you look at somebody like Doug Jones, and they're very complimented actors. Like they mm. both do things similar, but whereas Andy Serkis has to try to make enough for animators to go on top of him, Doug Jones just does it himself. Mm. Like they put him in a most likely very uncomfortable suit where it's probably he hard to breathe. couldn't see in it. They couldn't, talk, yeah, he couldn't, couldn't see hear. a fucking thing, couldn't hear anything, and he gives one of the best performances in the movie, and yeah. it's all He's just... He's so good at movement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, like, did, think, they did hire somebody else to do the dance sequence. Oh, okay. That was a different person. Uh, oh, interesting. I just assumed Doug Jones could dance, but no. no okay. I looked into that, I'm like, is that still Doug Jones? And then, no, he had a, he had a dance mm-hmm. double. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I, do, I do think for creature actors, they there is a part of them that is an empath because right? yeah. they have to communicate emotion and feeling and be able to, you know, feel that same stuff through just their body, just through their emotion. Yeah. Uh, which is, yeah. incredible, And you can read that off the screen, like with Andy Serkis and with Doug Jones. Yeah. And like you go back to like even Hellboy and it's like, yeah, he can, mm. like, he's so good as a fish man. Uh, <laughs> But like you go through that one, and then like even like oh, smaller Pan's Labyrinth too. Yeah, Pan's yeah. Labyrinth, he's amazing in that, and like and even little things like yeah, he's barely in it, but he's the ghosts in um, Crimson Peak. Three ghosts. Yeah, like yeah. he just like he's just so good at the movement and the way that he communicates through it. It's just it's awesome. Um, is there anything we didn't talk about in this movie that? Butts, butts. There's a lot of butts. All the beautiful butts. butts. There's Michael Shannon's taint. I guess we everyone should give a shout out to that. Uh, there's a lot of good butts in this movie. What? I don't know how everyone yeah, misses this. When did this. he see the I don't know. Taint. Stop looking at his taint, honey. I can't help it. He <laughs> shows <laughs> it in the movie. Apparently, you're the only one who was looking at it. Oh, I was looking at his okay. butt. Yeah. Brian was just looking two inches I further down. I don't remember. Because <laughs> I'm looking at his butt. I'm like, I feel like I see, I see more. <laughs> Are I you looking? Oh. Why wouldn't I look? It's on the screen. Whatever. Paying attention to his gross, disgusting hand bleeding on his I know. Well, that's after his taint. Yeah, oh. That's that's post taint. Yeah, that pretty, that pretty much blocks out all, all taint. Ima- all tainted images are blown out of my mind when bloody yeah, I, fingers are involved. Yeah. I get it. There's uh, an, actually there's another part in that in his house. There's just so many good detail moments with Michael Shannon's character with his interaction with his wife. Because I even like the later one where everything's falling apart and she comes in with a. Uh, 
Mm. The Jello, and she's like, "It's a gel. It's a gelatin parfait. It's new. You're going to love it." And he just looks pissed, and then he leaves the room. Like kind of feels like uh, I forget her name from a uh, Truman Show, but in that moment, it's kind of like, "Look at this new product." Well, it's a whole like another aspect. Yeah, Jello of the f- really gets a shout out in this movie. Yeah. yeah, but it's a whole another aspect of the future because in the advertisement they say Jello's the future. Yeah, she brings him Jello, and he doesn't eat it. Hey, yeah, I can't blame Jello's disgusting. <laughs> Who hates Jello? I hate Jello. That's it's Jello. It's squiggly and gross. <laughs> also, did you see National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation when no. there was like cat no. poop or whatever no. in the Jello? Cat no. food in the Jello? Definitely did not. That doesn't yeah. mean there's cat poop in all Jello. <laughs> well, now we need to serve her some cat poop Jello. No, it's chocolate bits. Yeah, I was just going to go and just give her actual Jello, but if you want to poison her, go for it. <laughs> no, I don't like. I don't. I don't poison. like squishy dense things, and Jello is the squishiest of dense things. <laughs> Can, can you put that on your Tinder? <laughs> I don't like squishy, dense things. That, basically, just like saying, don't try to push rope. Um, anyhow, I think we should move into quotes. Yeah. There, there, I mean, there's things that we didn't talk about in this movie that I, I prepared for today. There's a lot to talk about. Sound design. Yeah. I mean, like, like, there's so small, small things. Oh, uh, yeah, We've sound been talking design. for over an hour, and it's yeah. like... I want to point out the one really fast where uh, when he is when Michael Shannon's having sex with his wife and the pounding on the bed, and then you cut to them in the amphibian man's room and the pounding of the machinery, they totally lined up. I, I like that, and I like that when Michael Shannon is doing the hands of the hip peeing, and he turns to, to look at them, the pee gets louder. <laughs> that was pretty great. There was, yes, very good sound design. Um, Graham, what, what would you say about the cinematography before we move into quotes, since we do have a good. cinematographer person uh, here? Uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's it's not overstated. Um, I mean, obviously, they've worked together before. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just looking into it, I mean, the camera lived on a dolly, on a jib, and on a hothead, and the camera is slowly moving pretty much through all shots. Are there any static shots? Uh, there's a couple, but there's always like always like a sense of movement through it. So it's yeah. like the the camera always had almost the potential. like water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the camera always had a potential to move. Um, yeah. So if it wasn't on a jib and a crane, it was on a steady cam, right? So there was always oh, okay. the potential to move in and get something else. And so, so there, there was always just a flow of motion throughout the whole. The so whole there would be no reason to ever like just throw it in a tripod and just go like, all right, so we're just gonna pan this one. <laughs> I, from what I've seen, I yeah, I don't really think there was many. I mean, planted it makes, movement, yeah. planted shots from that. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, short of like car stuff, where I'm sure it's mounted in the car, but. Yeah, which is yeah. probably and why Del Toro has to be so organized because that takes longer to set that shit up. Oh yeah, so well, you they, have yeah, to plan is... it ahead of time and really know what you're doing if you're going to stay on schedule. The other crazy thing is uh, he basically shoots chronologically, or at least mm. he shot this movie basically mm. chronologically. Um, and so mm. instead of just getting, but he never uh, Del Toro never does a master shot. Right, he never does you know wides and yeah oh, anything. Wow. Well, that's what he does a lot of wides. They shot mainly on a 25 and a 27 for this movie, but it's always moving and you know going from cut like okay we have coverage from this angle then we'll move to the next one and he's cutting this movie he knows exactly like you were saying before is like the, his, the, the visionary that he is he knows exactly how everything's going to cut and so he knows that he needs to get this coverage from this you know get this uh, uh get this line from this angle and then move to this and then shoot it chronologically which is incredibly difficult for a cinematographer because you'll shoot one scene and then you'll go to another one and then you cut back to the other scene that you were just shooting so you have to go back and relight that exactly as it was because technically you haven't actually left that scene yet. And so it, it, a lot of thought went into this. <laughs> yeah. Mostly LEDs, mostly on a dimmer board. 
uh, a lot of lighting changes. I mean, going from, and obviously the use of color and going into black and white in a shot and then going into that dance sequence and all of this. I mean, a lot of incredible thought went into this. There, there's a lot of, uh, we didn't really touch on this at all, but there's a lot of just straight up like love letters to old cinema throughout the yeah, whole certainly. movie. Like even with like having like the climax of finding uh, Doug Jones's character in a theater watching an old movie like there's mm. just so much of this and I, I would meant to harp on it more but as you're talking about cinematography it's like i wonder if that's part of the reason why so much of like middle america did not take to this movie because there's a lot of a lot of times when the movie that wins best picture like last year with the first winner being la la land before the second one came in and actually won um but there, there's something about like people hate it when hollywood gives awards to movies that celebrate hollywood and this one did it much more subtly but it still definitely did it like there is just like especially the black and white sequence you mentioned and Chewie mentioned earlier, that dance sequence, it's basically just like, hey, remember when movies were good? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's nuts. For yeah. me, the entire all of it symbolized uh, how she's been looking for her fairy tale her whole life, and yeah. this is a modern day fairy tale movie about her finding her fairy tale, and it's, it's so much symbolism in this movie. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. it, <laughs> Yeah, we could do an entire another hour on this, and I feel like basically not repeat anything that we've already yeah. talked about. There, there's a lot to dive into. Color. <laughs> Just color. Yes. Lots of color. Just so you know, I Lots love the color, color green, so I would totally wrap myself up in her apartment and never leave. And she gets redder and redder as the movie goes on. Because she's getting her sexier. Headband. Yeah. yeah, her yeah. shoes. Well, that's the the, red, the headband. Oh, I love the shoes. the shoes after she. That's a stark change yeah, right there. That's not like... gradual. That's I just had sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you do when you have sex. You wear red shoes. Yeah, that's I mean, what I do. Everybody knows that. Yeah, isn't, isn't and then you have you a do? best friend that goes, "Girl, girl." <laughs> shoes. Yeah. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust a man. Even when he looks flat yeah, down good. there. Okay, so I think it's time to move into quotes. Uh, I'll go first because mine was already kind of mentioned. Mine's not actually a line that's said, it's a line that's read. Um, Just because the first time I saw it, like, it's one of those moments where I'm watching the movie, I'm like, fuck, I love Del Toro. Because it's just, it's something that's not said, but it's very much implied. Uh, When Richard Richard Jenkins goes to sell him on his corrected ad, because he brought him a beautiful ad with red jello, like, they want green jello and they want the people happier, happier. Come on back. So he brings it back and he's holding it and on the top of it says the future is now because the future is supposed to be about green jello being the future. Like, look, we learned how Obviously. to diet green. So he's got it and it's hold it and you only see in the bottom like lower third of the screen says the future is now as he's being told we're no longer doing drawn yeah. ads. Mm-hmm. Like your entire career is not just we don't want it. It's done. This type of advertising is over. The future is now. And it's like, it's just crushing. Mm. And it's all done in like, like, dialogue but through facial expressions and just through that one thing at the bottom just saying it's basically your career is over yeah it's like oof. Uh, my quote is from jenkins um and it's part after he, uh the amphibian man has eaten his cat uh <laughs> now is he a god i don't know if he's a god i mean he ate a cat so i don't know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i just love that moment i love that he did get mad at him for eating the cat like yeah, when we first okay. saw it, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's gonna be really pissed about this. And he's like, I didn't know. I mean, I would still I be pissed. Yeah. yeah, I minded yeah. that he did, wasn't more upset about. It, I, I just kind of like. Creature. We can't think of. We can't ask him to do it. Uh, Every but person in this movie, except for Shannon, and his people is like an outsider in a different way and they're yeah. all very accepting yeah. about it i once watched uh, my beloved dog uh murder a brand new kitten i just brought home oh. and i know my dog didn't do it malevolently i was still pissed at her for a good long while yeah you know 
That's so sad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> it was not 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 the best day of my life. Sorry, everybody. Sorry to bring everybody down. What's how, your quote? How about that quote? <laughs> <laughs> um, Hope it's a funny one. <laughs> it is. Uh, also, Richard Jenkins, whose name is Giles, by the way. Um, oh God, to be young and beautiful. It can, if I could go back to when I was eighteen, I don't know. I didn't know anything about anything. I'd give myself a bit of advice. I would say. Take better care of your teeth and fuck a lot more. <laughs> I think that's great advice. Everybody should be fucking more. And take care of your teeth. And take care of your teeth. Very, very important things. Next. I'm torn between two, but I'm going to go with the one that doesn't involve, what's his name, Richard Jenkins. That's a good call. <laughs> because everyone else has. So I'll go with the car salesman saying to Michael Shannon's character, you're a man of the future. Because we've talked about how it, says something about his character but i think it's more a commentary on society today mm-hmm. and uh the whole film to me is about the treatment of what we consider others we have a lot of others in this movie um and i think it says a lot and it makes me think a little bit about you know are you that man of the future or are you th- i guess the idealized man of the future that I don't know. It's a little more accepting. I like how she's looking yeah. so deeply yeah. into her new husband yeah. right now. Are you, are you the man, man of the future? future? <laughs> I do belong in a Cadillac. So. You are forcing her well. against her will to change her last name. <laughs> I'm actually not. It's her decision. Okay, yeah, it kind of sounds like you are, though. <laughs> when you tell me, yes. <laughs> in reality, not at all. Uh, that's what anyone would say. <laughs> Anyhow, you what's a that? true ally or a fake ally, Graham? <laughs> I'm the man of the future. <laughs> uh, what's your quote, Graham? So I'm going to go with, um, I forgot his name now, Richard Strickland. Oh, the mean, is it the Richard mean, Jenkins? The, the mean man. Fuck, you are a god. <laughs> right before his throat gets cut. Yeah. I love that moment too, specifically because there is actually just a hint of reverb, reverb on his line where it mm-hmm. has that like echo to make it epic sounding. It's yeah. really great. Yeah. And like that's the whole debate, you know, this whole thing. It's like, oh, it's just an animal. It's just a, you know, whatever. We can kill it. We can cut it up. We can blah, blah. And then in that moment, he's re- like, oh, I've been wrong about pretty much everything in yeah, my life. Everything. Yep. Oof, I think I regret every decision so oh, far. Oh, my throat slashed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and my finger. Ow! My throat! I've had a bad week. <laughs> uh, okay, so review system for this week is going to be Forbidden Love. Any movies about forbidden love? Hmm. All right, I'm going to jump on Romeo plus Juliet okay. from 1996, which I love. When I saw that in the theater... Uh, the guy behind me. We all know how that story ends. Yeah. But the way they cut that, she opens her eyes and he's still alive. And so the dude behind me just goes, "Just look down, look down at her." And I was like, "Do you, do you think the ending is gonna change?" Like, <laughs> Lerman got real ballsy with that one. Turns out they're okay. Shakespeare got it wrong. But that's be a much test- better as a good. But to story. me, that's a testament to how good that movie is. That even people who know the ending are still trying, to, like, so invested in the story that they're just like yeah. trying to change the characters. That one's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I'm going with a. This one's forbidden's a bit of a stretch on this one, but it, it does play a theme throughout the whole movie. Uh, I'm going with Scott Pilgrim versus the World, um, because it's a movie that really wanted to nail style. Like the whole thing was about like I want this world to be realized and this and that and the other and much like Shape of Water and that one's all about 
Scott, who wants to be in love with a girl, who's like, I want nothing to do with you. And then, obviously, they end up together. But that's where I am for that one. I'm going to go with a movie that's not quite up to par with this movie. Not really close at all. <laughs> but uh, still had a romance that, in any other regard, should not have worked. And it does end up becoming all about understanding and how the moment you can understand somebody, you can turn around their entire life. Uh, warm bodies. Oh, oh okay. okay. All you I was expecting to... much worse no. when you said doesn't hold warm up. Warm bodies the... is good. That's all right. Warm bodies is a good movie. But this is a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. It's just warm bodies. It's all about a zombie who realizes he likes a girl, and then you find out through the film is all you need to do is learn how to love the zombie, and they'll stop being a zombie. Love cares all. Yeah. <laughs> love cares zombies. It's got a very good message in that movie. Kind of yeah, yeah next time when there's a so that's the message just when there is a zombie nice. outbreak if you just walk up and start loving on just, zombies just start hugging zombies guys <laughs> I mean, it, hugging, also works in, you know, it also yeah. works in uh bob's burgers for that one uh tina uh yeah, grab, erotic fan yeah, or friend grab fiction. the zombies butts yeah just start flirting with the zombies yeah. and you'll have an entire you don't watch bob's burgers no i'm sorry come on well, well, i shouldn't be apologizing i'll watch whatever the fuck i want you <laughs> get off my back about it well you need to watch have you watched law and order or <laughs> Shut up, or guys. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Anything else is fine, but just those three. Yeah, really you got to make sure you watch those three. Yeah. <laughs> Your life will change. Oh, cheese face. I watch more stuff than that. <laughs> uh, next? Like different seasons. Shut okay. uh, I'll go with Monster Squad. Oh, it's, okay. for, it's forbidden friendship between a human and a monster, and it's a little girl in Frankenstein's M. monster, <laughs> and it's the most adorable thing in the universe because she can just barely grasp like his big thumb in her hand, and he gets sucked into the vortex. That's a spoiler, but it's I've never seen it. I it's the best won't. movie in the universe. I'm pretty sure it's from the 80s because it's when I was teen. It is and it Shane was Black wrote that. Didn't Shane yeah. Black, yes. <laughs> it's a little kid Shane movie, like really with monsters and a creature from the Black Lagoon. So it also huh? ties in, written by yeah. Shane Black. I don't know if he directed it. But it's one so. of the best movies. Brian recently showed me how Shane Black recycled his Lethal Weapon two script into Iron Man three. Yeah. Uh-huh. they're the same. Awesome. Like Shane Black got lazy. Yeah, they are the same movie. <laughs> I don't fault him for anything ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I mean, it's just kind of Lethal Weapon two is awesome. It just, it's just so is Iron purely Man like, oh, out. Shane Black, uh, <laughs> you didn't get. You just want to redo this. Yeah. You know what he said? He's like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I haven't really thought of many, but the only one that comes to mind is Loving. Okay. Also in the 60s. Yeah. Um, love Story, Forbidden Love. Sure. They really love How each so? other. How uh, so? And that's that's pretty much it. Cool. But that who's works. Forbidden Love? The, the man yeah. and the woman. The, yeah, the, but why are they forbidden? Because they're... Uh, different race and that's not i've never seen loving it was a different oh, time. oh oh okay yeah. it's, it's a true story mm-hmm. about i think was it the first interracial marriage oh okay so that that newer movie i thought you said yeah. it was a movie from the 60s takes place in the, in the, the 60s, 60s. Okay. Yeah. okay yeah 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 okay cool all right so that's today's episode uh we'll do a quick round of plugs before we get out of here uh, you can check us out, ATHpod.com. Uh, we have all of our stuff there, pretty much. Articles, episodes, games, anything like that. We have a new show starting soon. I don't know the exact launch date yet, but I'm recording the first two episodes tomorrow. Uh, the tentative ra- name right now is The Venture Bros, and that's where me and former co-host Nick Friedman will be reviewing each and every episode of Venture Brothers. Wow. 
from the beginning. Um, and I am stupidly excited to do that because I love the Venture Brothers. Ignore uh, me. <laughs> we're starting with my least favorite episode, which is unfortunate, which is the episode that aired like a year before the rest of them and it's just not good or funny but you got to start at the beginning because it's the very best place to start uh that's it from my plugs uh chewy anything to plug not really great i mean say the usuals uh emily my website is finally looking like a real website Ooh, is that uh, emilysows.com emilyblakesows.com and you can see my cosplays and i should be doing i'm making it another one soon that I'm going to do a photo shoot once I've done that my my site's going to get real bomb because I'm doing like some cool shit nice nice Danielle Graham anything to plug nothing but a really cool podcast called After the Hype one of the latest episodes didn't she just have a movie come out Oh, it, I got out. shorts coming out. You can't see them anywhere. Oh, like you're not allowed to, or you have to go to the festivals. <laughs> oh, okay, go to festivals. It might, it, yeah, it might oh, be a thing. Yes, uh, that's an always plug. Is there a, is there a good one? Like a really cool festival that we should go to to see your. What, what no, was that we one? just did. What was it? NoHo Cinefest on their horror night. And obviously, with any festival, you're gonna get a range of. Not only yeah. types of movies and length, but also quality. But there's always really cool stuff at festivals. Yeah. You get to see, it's pretty much everything in the universe. And you get to meet a lot of the filmmakers. Yeah. And yeah. the community is always awesome at festivals because people yeah. are just excited that anyone gets to see their movies on a screen, that they're just happy and wonderful people. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's it was all just... people that it's a lot of it. It's all self funded, mm. typically, if you go mm. to the smaller festivals. So it's actually people that are passionate about what they do. Yeah. Whether or not they're great at it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think the theater was pretty much full but it was obviously mostly the filmmakers that made the stuff that we're all watching together in a dark room but it's yeah it's really cool it's kind of a yeah. you know reinvigorating of like oh man should i make that should i shoot that thing i mean ah. and then you meet people who are doing stuff and shoot stuff and like yeah why not i can do something like that yeah give it a shot yeah yeah just give me a bunch of money yeah <laughs> Yeah, see, without that part, yeah. <laughs> with uh, just making more stuff yourself and just you know doing it for the fu- more over the fun of it, and not just to make money. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I'm just talking about how just to, to, to make movies the and the fun. things you have to have. More. Yeah, that's tough. It, it, yeah. Just... Anything to plug, Graham? I wish. <laughs> cool <laughs> okay so next week uh tune into our episode where we talk star wars the last jedi yeah. uh which should be fun uh we have a range of opinions on that one uh and i'm very excited to talk about we it. have anyone on that hates it no i don't think there so. was a part of me that wanted to find one of those haters but then i was like how much yelling uh, do we want to do i can like literally every dude i have been out with for the past several months hated it and i'm really like, yeah every time i go on a date when we start talking star wars they're like you know i didn't really like the last jedi i'm like Really fucking again? Is that my type? Guys who don't like Last Jedi? Next. <laughs> oh, that that, that'd weird. be the best thing to say. I don't like Last Jedi. Next. <laughs> what do you mean next? next. That's a deal breaker, Shut man. It down. <laughs> I said, move on, sir. Good day. Uh, okay, so yeah, check out that episode. It should be a lot of fun. And thanks for listening to this one. Bye. Bye.